1: What is your position of power? What do you think that position should be? Let's talk about that next. Jockeying for position. Climbing the corporate ladder. We all have this idea of what that power position is, that corner office with a window on the 10th floor, right? Jesus had something vastly different in mind when he thought of a power position, and he explains it here in Luke 14, verses 7 through 14 what his view of a power position is anyway. Hi, welcome. This is Times of Refreshing from the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Join us as we take a look at Luke 14 together in this power position here on Times of Refreshing. Quickly
2: to you may be different than quickly to him. And at the end of the day, we have to learn just to walk with God enjoy god and enjoy what god is doing and even when it comes to our promises we have to enjoy god understand what god's doing and realize at the end of the day lord like like i just stated quickly may mean something to me but it may mean something to you but at the the end of the day as long as you're gonna walk with me until we get to that quickly place then we're gonna be just fine let's just go ahead and enjoy ourselves can i have an amen amen but we have to get this out of our minds. So Jesus is here, and he's breaking down a mindset, a mentality that is a basically a cultural mentality that he has to do away with because this is something that he's having to fight in people's minds. And it's the same thing for us. And so in the midst of this, he stops, and he says in verse 7, So he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places. The best places. We have to understand that uh, a power position is a position of humility. It is a position of humility. But oftentimes when we're looking at life, our minds immediately go to the best place instead of the appropriate place in the sight of God. This is how human beings think, especially in the American culture. If we don't have the best car, the best house, the best hairdo, the best job, people are ashamed. Now, listen to me. Some people are ashamed to tell other people where they work work at because they're afraid that they're going to look at them funny. I don't care if you work at a gas station. It doesn't matter. God bless you with that job. Thank God you have a job. You're not on. Can I have an amen? You're not on the street. Don't let the culture define what's good. That is a blessing. This woman of God just said she didn't have a job for six months. And we, because we have this cultural mindset that just, and so what it does is it stops us from just enjoying what God has done. Because I've learned walking with Christ that even when you do get the best, the best doesn't last very long. Because there's going to be another best that comes. You know, when you first got, I remember when I first got my jerry curl, I thought it was, whoo. It was the best. I'm I'm, I'm walking on campus. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. My jerry curl was clean. In the beginning. Then when about three weeks went by and the new growth kicked in and the old growth was still there and I had a jerry fro and I didn't have enough money to go get me a new California curl and I tried to hang on to it. (laughs) I tried to hang on to it to the last bit. Does anybody do I have a witness of it? <laughs> and you rolling with the best in the beginning. It's amazing how how we think stuff is the best, and we get it for a while, and then it becomes obsolete. You got the iPhone, but there's an iPhone five now. You can't even get you can't even get a download anymore. Saints, we gotta break this. If you're living in an apartment, praise God. If God. If God elevates you to get something else, then praise God for that too. But when you get the something else, I guarantee you it's going to get, it's going to become obsolete too. Don't, a man's life, hear me now, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he or she possesses. It's going to come, it's going to go. Back in the 30s that you walked in here with a zoot suit on, people would look at you crazy right now. Back then, they was, ooh, you're looking clean. Right now, you're, ooh. He's archaic. Saints, I told you I had to preach today with my microphone. Because, saints, we got to get this in our mind. We, the, the, Jesus is trying to break something here. You come in, you just want the best seat, the best place. And he stops them. And he says to him in verse 8, he says, when you're invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place. He says, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, give place to this man. And then... Now watch this. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. And this is what happens sometimes in life. You know, we never want to be in a position where God has to lower us to make his point. And I think this is, this is something important. And this is why we need to get delivered from an entitlement mentality. Because how you come into a place can, is ultimately, in some cases, going to, it's going to determine how you're going to end up in a place. If you come onto your job, and and because you have all this experience, the boss can't tell you nothing. There's a shame associated with God using your boss to take you lower so that He can teach you what true Christianity is about. A lot of times we blind the devil. Devil, I bind you, and God said, "No, I'm binding you (laughs) because you got some pride that needs to be dealt with. If you come to, you know, if you're 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 coming on a job, or if you're getting a part of a family, you're becoming a part. You're starting your family." And your in laws have labored with your spouse and, and have been there through all their trials and tribulations. You come on the scene and you, you're high and mighty, and you think that the in laws can't even tell you nothing about nothing. And don't. So, what happens is, saints, we don't realize that God watches all this stuff and He's looking for a, a certain position in our lives. And it's always better to come in in a low place. And then allow God to elevate you than to come in from an elevated place and then have God to have to humble you. In life, we should learn the value of, of going of ascension. Ascension is powerful. It's powerful when God takes you from a low place and He begins to cause you to go up the the latter. But a lot of it is tied to our hearts and our mentality and getting free from an entitlement mentality. Saints, this is the way in which we, we, we endear ourselves to God and we God cause God's power to really kick in in, in our lives. He says, this person, he says, in this, per- I love this, he says, and then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. He says in verse 10, but when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place this is a power position a power position i love it david said i'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the lord i'm not coming in let me preach I'd rather be a doorkeeper. i take the lower position. And then God, he begins to take you wherever he wants to take you. But we've got to get it in our minds that we're not entitled to anything. Let God elevate you. And when God lifts you up, no man can tear you down. It's amazing to me how God, in the life of Joseph, took Joseph, gave him vision, gave him a dream. His brothers saw, were intimidated, and they wanted a certain posture and position. We see that. Out of their bitterness, anger, and some cases resentment for how God put his hand upon Joseph's life, they took this man and they threw him in a pit. It it just baffles me how through the book of Genesis, and we look there, and we see this story, how in the pit, you never heard him complain one time. He goes from the pit to Potiphar's house. God gives him opportunity there to be a blessing. And this man who came out of the pit, God is, he elevates him, uses him in this particular situation. Blesses Potiphar's house. In the midst of all that, you never heard one complaint. This man is falsely accused, thrown into prison. He is in the prison. That's a low place. You're You're in a tough situation there. The Bible never said he complained one time. I believe through the journey, God is watching all of us, not just to, de- to, to determine what's happening to us, but determining our response to what's happening. And in the midst of this, he's listening. And then ultimately, we see this guy, and I was taught, me and my wife were talking about this. This guy, in one day, one day, goes from being in a prison to a palace. Let me say this to y'all, and I'm just saying this prophetically. God can, God can and will change your life in one day. One day. Don't you think, I don't care what kind of pit or hole you got yourself in and you're in and all this. In one day, God can take you from the prison to the palace and leave you there, and there's nothing that anyone can do to stop it. Can I have an amen? He did it in one day a lot of times we think it's gonna take me 15 years to get out of this mess Ah!" well listen saints i'm telling you sometimes with god in one one night jacob wrestled with god and god changed his name don't limit god he can do it in a day in a day and so what happens is we have to learn that it's always better, though, just like we see with Joseph, just like we see through the word of God. It's always better to have the right perspective so that we take the lower place in hopes that God, when he sees fit, he does what he wants to do. It says in verse 10, but when he, you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. He says, then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table, he says, with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be what? Exalted. And so for all of us, we have to get this in our minds and really, really get it settled in our hearts. That God, you are in the exalting business if I take the power position, which is a position of humility. And if I'm willing to do this, God, I can rest assured in your timing. You're going to elevate me. You're going to do what you want me to do. But I have to be willing to go through, go through this process. It's amazing when you look at individuals like Abraham. We see the humility that he walked in. And then ultimately, God raises him up to change the world. We see in individuals like Moses, the humility that he walked in and how God elevated him and used him to impact this planet. We see individuals like Joshua, who served Moses and was a blessing. God used him to take the children of Israel into the promised land. You see the humility in his life. We look at individuals like Samuel, who served Eli, learned the voice of God through Eli, was raised up, released out, and God used him. You see the humility that was on his life. You watch it. We see individuals like King David. The humility that was on his life, all the people that he killed, all the people that he God used him, the the, the great and valiant battles that he was in, the people that served him, when well, we see his humility, him inquiring of the Lord, constantly asking God to give him wisdom you don 't see him barging in, you see him taking the lower place, Saul was trying to kill him, he had an uh, uh, the, the the opportunity to kill Saul, but he said no i can 't do this. why Because he understood his position in place, and if God elevates you, no one can tear you down. no one can stop it if God elevates you, but he took the right position. You look at individuals like Daniel who was thrown into the lion 's den. It looked like his life was over, but in one day he went from being in the lion 's den to being uh, you know in charge. In this nation and exalted, and, and then never can these leaders. I think it was Darius is testifying of, of this man and who he is and his God and what his God can do. And we need to worship his God. Why? Because he took a, a, a humble position. Saints, the power position is always the position of humility. There are going to be times when God will say, I need you to speak up for yourself, I want you to say this. But, there, but most of the times you're going to find God loves when he gets an opportunity to fight for you. He loves it. He loves it. And it's a power position. Because whoever exalts himself, he says this person is going to be, is going to be humble. But then he shifts this a little bit. And he begins to go into something that I think is as equally as important when it comes to serving people and serving in ministry. And most importantly, now watch this, our motivation for serving people. He says in verse 12, then he also said to him who invited him, when you give a dinner or a supper, he says, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. Now, obviously, he's not saying that literally in the terms of we can't, do that. But what he is saying is he's dealing with a heart condition because sometimes, um, and I'll I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say this, you know, do do you, do you and I have friends that we know at the end of the day, they could, there's nothing that they, you know, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to have a, a mob mentality. We have people around us that more are like us and because they make us feel more comfortable. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, I love what he says. He says, you invite these people and these people can repay you. All of us need people in our lives that we're actively involved with that we know there's nothing they could ever do to repay us, but we just want to serve them and be a blessing to them. Can I have an amen? We need people like this. And I'm not just talking about, now watch this, saints. I'm not just talking about going down to the food shelter. I'm talking about every now and then bringing somebody to your house that there's nothing they could do to repay you, but you want to be a blessing to them. Watch how powerful this is because it gets us free. You know, now, because some of us, if if truth be told, if if. if you invite your favorite preacher over to your house. Oh, we're going to clean this church up. We're going to clean. We're we getting, we getting this church good and clean. Because we invite, you know, we invite, you know. If Denzel was in town and he wanted to come over, you know, we invite Denzel. We invite, you know, if, if, if such and such was in town, oh, yeah, well, praise the Lord. Oh, the anointing, I feel a call. You need to come on over today. If, if Bill Gates wanted to come over to your house, we'd be the first ones in line. Saints. But if there's people we know or we see in distress that really, we have to get freed from this as a church. I'm talking about as a church body. This in our mind that, set, that tries to determine best, and, 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 and it's a status, and it's a, you know, we don't tell when people about when somebody we can't repay comes over, but we sure put it on Facebook and Twitter and everything else when we got the latest and the greatest coming over to the house. You know who's coming over for dinner? My goodness, I'm about to throw down. But then if we just happen to meet somebody, saints, we got to get free from this. The church of Jesus Christ has to get free from And Jesus... He's, he's talking about this. He's breaking this down. He's uprooting something that is a cultural bondage, and it needs to get free from these people's lives. And quite frankly, I feel like God is saying to me as you guys as pastor, get it out of your heart. Get it out of everybody's heart. Get it out of the church. Get it out of everything. We don't want to be a church like this. He says in verse 13, but when you have a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, The lame, the blind. He says, and you will be blessed because they cannot what? He says, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Realize that when we get out of ourselves... We go beyond our comforts. We reach people that maybe others are, are uncomfortable with. Or we reach those that the devil says that you you can't have. When we go beyond ourselves in, 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 in this regard, what happens is, saints, stop looking for people to repay. You understand that Jesus is storing up something in your account. And you may not get any applause over it. People may think you're crazy over it. But at the end of the day, Jesus Christ says, you will be repaid. I will pay you back for touching those that cannot repay you. Can I have an amen? I will pay you back for touching those that cannot repay you. And I want to say this as a church. You know, we've had people in this church, and I've watched them. And I'm not saying we've done a horrible job, but I think we can do an even better job. But I've watched people that have come into this church and their situations were dire and we have been a blessing. I thank God. But saints, we can do even more to reach out on an individual basis, an individual level to touch somebody. This isn't just for our church. It's for every one of us individually. Realizing that if I can touch somebody that can never repay me, that Jesus will repay me when I meet him on that day. And it may not be popular to the greatest, especially with all this secularism that is coming into the church and this Hollywood stuff that's going on. And everybody wants to be a star in the church. And I want to have bling and I got to have the biggest building and I got to have all this junk. And we're thinking that that's the sign of a great church. No. The sign of a great church is when we go out and reach people that can never repay us. When you touch somebody... You clean the house. Your hearts are pure. That's the sign. And we have to get it in our own minds that, man, pastor, what can I do to touch somebody? Invite them to a feast. Sit down with them. Minister to them. Love on them. Let them know that Jesus cares. That Jesus loves them. And I don't have to toot a horn about it. I don't have to put it on Facebook. I don't have to put it in the latest magazine. I don't have to put it on TV. I just do it, and nobody else saw it, but Jesus saw it. And he put it in my account. He said, don't worry about it. They may think you're crazy now, but just put it in the account. This is the kind of lifestyle we want to have as Christians. And as a church, this is what we're trying to forge. Saints, that type of position is a power position. It's a position of humility. It's a simple position. And if the world can do this kind of stuff, then what should we be doing? If the world does this, saints, what should we be doing? I want to challenge all of us this week to sit down and say, Lord, show me an area in my life where maybe I need to take a lower position. Because I'm not appreciating what I do have. And and Lord, I'm looking at the best when, when, when I am blessed. And if you choose to lift me up, then fine. But God, deliver me from an entitlement mentality that's causing me to not appreciate my life. Because I don't have what everybody else has around me. Or if I'm not in a position that everybody else has around me. And Lord, help me to reach out to somebody that can never repay me. And be content to do it in such a way that you see fit to bless me on that day. Saints, this is the heart surgery that we've got to allow God to continue to perform. Because when it's all said and done, this is the only thing that's going to matter.